Hello, I'm Lisa Bien. It feels like just the other day I was a student here at Temple University. It was such a scary and hectic time. I was trying to look into my future, balance school, work, an internship, and a social life. But more importantly, I was fighting an internal struggle that affected my every decision. I felt I wasn't smart enough, pretty enough, or good enough. This was the mantra that I created and lived by before, during, and after my college years and it deeply influenced my career and relationship choices. Now, after years of struggle, therapy, and personal discovery and growth, I have learned and can live in the knowledge that I am smart enough, pretty enough, and good enough. I have bounced back into a person that I am proud of, and I want to inspire young women and men to do the same. It's my goal and my passion to teach today's young adults to stop listening to the negative messages that they create for themselves so they can see who they really are and believe they are good enough. Being a student at Temple University changed my life because of one professor believed in me. And today, I'm a communications specialist, entrepreneur, and educator. But most of all, I want to mentor students in whom I see so much of myself and help them to realize their potential, bounce back, and believe in who they are. It's time to get started. Welcome, and thanks for joining us. In a moment, we'll meet our guest, Bo. I think you'll be fascinated with his history of bouncing back. Bo recognized early in his life that he would struggle to balance being gay and being from a conservative Christian family. He recalls feeling sick and actually thinking of his gender preference as something he needed to fix. Growing up, his parents made it painfully clear that coming out would not be something they would accept or support. Bo felt alienated and broken, like he was a born failure. The conflict consumed him during his childhood, and trying to become straight was his top priority. It wasn't until high school that he began to learn about the outside of his home and the church, a world that recognized homosexuality as a naturally occurring state that required no medication, therapy, or treatment. Today, Bo stands out as a remarkable example of overcoming obstacles. Living, living without family support has made him stronger and determined to let other gay youth know that they're not alone. There's nothing wrong with them. Bo wants to share the details of his story with you. When you're a kid, you're encouraged to dream of your future and think about what you want to be when you grow up, the things you want to accomplish, and the life you want to live. As far back as kindergarten, I remember knowing exactly what I wanted. I wanted to be normal. I just knew there was something wrong with me. I was different and it wasn't a good thing. Just a few more years of grade school and I started to understand better. And I knew that to be normal meant to be straight. My father is a minister, a conservative, pray the gay away, evangelical minister. I quickly learned I was sick. I didn't tell anyone, but I learned all about my parents' views on gay people from Sunday schools, Bible studies, and church camps. My plan was to keep my sickness a secret for as long as I could. As I grew older, especially during high school, I started being exposed to all kinds of new media. Most of these things were forbidden in my home. No MTV, no pop music, no movies rated higher than PG. Suddenly, I was thrown into a world with a completely different mindset from my parents. There were gay people on TV and in movies and making music videos, and they were just being themselves. 
My mind continued to open up as I discovered artists and musicians and professionals who were all openly gay. It hit me like a ton of bricks. Everything my parents had taught me growing up wasn't the only truth. It wasn't necessarily all that was right. I came out of the closet when I was 16 to everyone in my life except for family members. It was my junior year of high school and my peers could not have been more supportive. For some reason, when I just started being myself, people really started to like me. My last two years of high school, I was a social butterfly and I felt so free, but I was still carrying the weight of hiding my true self from my parents. They still hadn't heard the news and I had no intention of breaking it to them for a while. Why bother? Their feelings on the subject were very clear and I knew exactly how the confrontation would go. It finally happened towards the end of my senior year, just a few months before I left for college. My father requested we go out for lunch because he needed to discuss something with me and I knew in my gut what, he was going, what it was going to be. I wasn't the least bit surprised when the meal turned into an intervention. If you had cancer, you wouldn't refuse chemo, he told me. You can fix this, we can get you help. The conversation escalated as I expected it might, and his words became more pained. Can you imagine how I feel? My only son is choosing to go to hell. With those words, I got up from my seat, left the restaurant, and drove off. That was the moment I knew I couldn't depend on my parents for the love and support I needed and wanted in my life. They love me no matter what, and I will always know this. But with their love comes unjustified judgment, born from a long line of beliefs I simply could not and cannot share. In order to move forward, I had to surround myself with people who could love me differently. In this regard, I consider myself extremely fortunate. I've managed to build strong relationships with friends, much stronger than what I have with my parents. More importantly though, I discovered myself, and I have learned to love myself. If I wanted to be loved without judgment, I needed to love myself without judgment. Self-acceptance was the key to moving forward. Once I started moving, it opened a new world to me. I always knew I was different, but I focused on that one issue so much, I didn't have any time or energy to really get to know myself. And once I did, I finally felt normal and special. I started dreaming about my future and what I wanted to be when I grew up, the things I wanted to accomplish, and the life I wanted to live. And then, I just started doing it. We welcome our guest, Bo, to Bouncing Back. Bo, first of all, I listen to your story and I hear your story and I'm just in awe of your ability to bounce back and have such, you're, you're so young and to have such self-love and tell us about, tell me or tell the viewers about how did you do that? Where did you get the strength and the fortitude to, you know, drive in the car and not let it shatter you? Because I think for some people it could have been a, a completely different turnout. Well, um, like I said, I did get a lot of support from friends. I was lucky I didn't have many friends that cared. Even um, straight male friends I had who I expected to have a problem with it or maybe friendships go a little wrong because of that, didn't happen. Um, I was very much supported by my friends. Not only that, a lot of my friends' parents were there and sympathetic and they understood the situation and they didn't really agree with my parents and how they handled things. Um, I also had a couple of aunts who were very supportive, um, have reached out to me because they don't agree with my parents and their points of view. Did you have one person that you felt was really instrumental that you relied on and became like your support system? Because yeah, um, I could definitely think of one person who really 
changed the game for me, I guess you could say. Um, I had a best friend in high school, and he was raised by his grandmother, and she's become like my own grandmother. Um, she's in my life to this day. She's very loving and accepting. She would have me over to her home anytime. It was kind of like an open door policy. She was always there for me. And she didn't even like pry or talk much about my parents or their not understanding things or being accepting. Um, but I always knew I could come to her and I know I can to this day. That's fabulous. So it's great that you had this woman who took on this role and you know we're here on a college campus where there's a lot of people that might be struggling to come out and tell their story whatever it may be you know um, tell their parents something that they have been trying to tell them for many years and you know some of the students might be new to the university new to the city what advice could you offer to say how did you find these friends or where wh what would you suggest to somebody because you're saying that there's a lot of external factors, but I do believe that you have an internal fortitude that must have really helped you believe and love yourself. Like, how did you get to that point? Because you're young, and if I would have had your strength and fortitude when I was in my 20s, I think it would have spared me a lot of pain and a lot of some of the choices that I made through my life. So I'm like in all of you, so I kind of want to be like, okay, so come on, Bo, tell us really what makes you so special, because you really are truly a wonderful person. Um, I feel deep down, honestly, people don't know how strong they are. Um, a lot of your strength is really pulled out in those hardest, weakest, most challenging times. Um, not only that, but for me, I just couldn't lie. Like, if I wouldn't have just gone with, like, coming out of the closet, um, the other option is just kind of living a lie. And I don't think life's worth living if I have to be fake and phony to everyone. I'd rather... I believe you've got to have your truth. You've got to be honest. I think you you hit a touch. You hit a good point. You have to have your truth, and you have to be honest. And I think what you also made a point of you found who you were, what you liked, and I think that that's key to find finding that out. But you also said that you know we're much stronger than we believe that we are, and I think that that's a key message that people can really take away with is that we have all the same ability to tell ourselves, you can do this, you can be strong. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, that's interesting. Um, what's your relationship like today with your parents? Um, it's rocky. It's kind of always going to be. I don't expect them to change who they are, and I think they've kind of given up expecting me to change. So, I mean, to a level, I guess you could say there's an acceptance. They certainly don't like to talk about certain aspects of my life. It's mm -hmm. not things they want to hear about. Um, but that's okay because there's parts of their life I'm not that interested in I don't want to hear about. Um, that, again, speaks to your level of fortitude and respect that you have for your parents because, I mean, the fact that you're able to communicate what you just communicated is a, is a lovely thing. You know, how many people can really say, okay, I don't agree with my parents. My parents, the people that brought me onto this earth and it's okay that we don't agree but I am me and I'm proud to be me so I think that that's great it's awesome well thank you so much and after this short break we'll be joined by a therapist who has helped countless people who are bouncing back stay with us
I am honored to introduce you today to someone who has helped hundreds of people to bounce back, Dr. Michael Palmieri. Dr. Palmieri is the founder and director of Life Solutions, a practice dedicated to helping individuals and families understand, work through, and resolve life's, life's many obstacles and issues. And today he's going to share his thoughts about bouncing back, maintaining your individuality, and the importance of surrounding yourself with people who support you. Well, welcome. Thank you, Lisa. Well, you've heard Bo's story, right? Yes. And um, from your perspective, how traumatic is it when your mother or father does not support something that is so ingrained and important to you? And I can't even imagine what that has to feel like for Bo. Yeah. It's fundamentally profound. I mean, it's a big part of my practice, actually. Most of the people I see, believe it or not, are trying to undo the ramifications of things, you know, such as what Bo went through. Um, and it's profoundly impactful on the self-esteem. And uh, it can take years and years uh, with the appropriate help and uh, guidance to get better. You bring us to a good, uh, a good topic, actually. I hear a lot of self-esteem, self-acceptance. Can you really teach self-esteem? Oh, absolutely, okay. absolutely. So give, yeah. us a, so give us some ideas of how the students can help build their self-esteem. Well, one thing I always talk about is listening to the evidence of your life. Because if you really step back and look at your life, you realize, you know, I've got some good people in my life. I've done some good things. But typ people typically focus on the negatives of their life, and they, they allow that to kind of feed the voice in their head of I'm not good enough, I'm not a great person. So part of when I meet with people is I sit back and say, let's take a look. Let's look at your successes. And people really start to realize that, you know what, life isn't perfect. I'm not perfect, but I'm not as crappy as I think I am. So would you say that it's almost like a, a dusting off almost? You know, you have to take some time to Absolutely. step back and almost, if I could, you know, put some words in your mouth, but almost, you know, come up with who you really believe you are. Absolutely. It's almost like a map. I tell, mm -hmm. um, you know, in work for what I do for a living, I always say, let's map out who we are. So mm -hmm. why not map out who we are as people, mm -hmm. as individuals? Absolutely. Because the way I look at it is that, you know, when you're a child and when you're an adolescent, you know, you're trying to obviously survive, you know, not to necessarily make that sound dramatic, but you're trying to survive your child and an adolescence. So you develop certain coping mechanisms with the things that are going on in your life. And, and Bo made a great example because when he was talking about his childhood and adolescence, he was so focused on suppressing that part of him that the rest of him couldn't blossom. And so part of what I try and help people realize is let's, let's look at the defense mechanisms or the copings that you've used just to survive and let's get rid of those. You don't need those anymore. You don't have to keep it under wraps. You don't have to be a perfectionist. You don't have to do all this sort of stuff. Let the authentic you come to the surface. So it's like, as you say, it's a dusting off, but it's also just a empowering the strengths that I think are already there in most people. What advice would you have for students um, that are struggling, that, you know, they feel that they're not, you know, pretty enough, mm. good enough? You know, what, what advice would you give somebody, whether it's a student or anybody, you know, how do you, how do you change that? Because mm -hmm. my personal struggle, I changed it by listening to the evidence mm -hmm. a little bit, if you will, yeah. and also actually creating my own mantras in my mm -hmm. life, the healthy ones, the yep. good ones, and, and almost like a reprogramming. Mm -hmm. Would you say that a lot of what we do in our lifetime is a programming of sorts in our mind? Mm. Yes, absolutely. It's an unprogramming of a lot of things that go on in childhood and adolescence as well, because a lot of messages get you know, put in us um, for various reasons. But uh, yeah, we spend the rest of our lives trying to unprogram and put in new stuff in there. Um, and I just find that for most people who've really uh, 
overcome and done well with self-esteem, it's finding people in your life that are giving you the positive feedback. Get rid of the negative people. Don't hang out with them. If they're going to be naysayers, they're going to be people that are difficult in your life, surround yourself with positive influences. You know, Bo mentioned a few people in his life that were around him. And so the more positive messages you're getting, the better you're going to be because it, believe it or not, what most people do is there's this running tape in their head of negativity. When you start off with negativity, there's something wrong with you from an early age, be it whatever issue, it's constantly playing. It's below the surface a lot of the time, but it's constantly going. So what I try and get people to do is let's fight that. Let's put some positive messages in there. Surround yourself with positive people. Be around positive things. And, and I'm, not, you know, I'm not saying not to be realistic. We all got issues and we got problems, but be positive. Focus on what your strengths are. Well, it, th that's probably why when we're on Facebook and we're on social media, we see, you know, all these different, you know, s um, people that are having, you know, be happy you, be, mm. you know, bounce back. I have, you know, for bouncing yeah. back and good mantra, good thoughts. So Absolutely. I think that a lot of people also think that happiness and self-esteem are combined and come they just come like mm -hmm. you're born so therefore happiness and self-esteem are, are combined and it comes and I would I would think and maybe you agree with me is that to be happy and to have good positive self-esteem is something you have to work at mm -hmm. every single Absolutely. day and to be realistic because people often construe you know being having positive self-esteem and liking yourself as being this like Pollyanna everything's wonderful no it's about being realistic I always tell people when they come to my office okay tell me the things that you like about yourself but also tell me the things you don't like because you're not gonna like everything about you but self-esteem is a broad concept it's not a specific thing I always joke with people I got skinny calves it's a long story but I got skinny calves and I said to myself I like myself and I have skinny calves you don't have to like everything but you can love yourself as the whole person I know that reminds me of when I wake up every day and I look in the mirror and I go, well, you know, you could lose a couple pounds here and there, but you know what? And then I say, oh, no, no. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I just really like who I am. But just the way to define you, you know? What, what no, really defines no, you? No. You're a total package, you're a total picture. Ah, well, I could tell you what defines me, but that would take the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what other advice would you give for people who struggle? I find a lot of people struggle with relationships with everybody, mm -hmm. you know? So is there advice that you could give if you're finding that, the, you know, for the students, if they're finding that they're struggling with relationships with students or their, their mom and their dad, like, is there one piece of advice that you could say, Here, here's what I think you could do to help yourself? One piece? No. <laughs> well, we, I, I, I can give you a couple. Can you give me a couple? I'll give you a couple. I mean, obviously, we have to look in the mirror and we have to be honest with ourselves. So if we're having relationship problems, the first place you want to look is yourself. You know, what is there a common thread, which is always important. But if you're having relationships, you go talk to somebody. You know, student counseling centers offer people you can discuss things with. There's groups, there's organizations. Just get involved with people that can honestly give you the feedback and the understanding that maybe you're having with some blind spots that you have. That's great. Yeah. Okay, well, um, any other advice that you might give while we're here and we have the time to talk to self-esteem and self-acceptance for college kids? I feel like this is such a critical point of someone's life that, you know, we want to get them when they're in their 20s so that when they can prevent them from doing, you know, mm -hmm. the same mistake. I feel Bo is so fortunate because, mm -hmm. I mean, I love Bo. He's a, he's a great success, success story to mm -hmm. say, look, you can love yourself at a very young age, so now yeah. his, his adult years might be less painful, if you will. Well, I think listening to Bo's story, and also yours, actually, um, a common mistake, I don't say a mistake, but a common place that people go is to isolate. What happens is when you're not feeling good about yourself, when you feel like there's something that you're being told is, is wrong with you or not right, people can kind of insulate and go inward. And you're only listening to yourself at that point. So I, I really want, I encourage people to go out, talk to family, talk to friends, whoever's supportive, whatever you can. Don't, don't just listen to your own head at times because when you get isolated, you really, you lose focus on what the perspective is. And perspective is usually not what you think it is. It's a lot better. 
I remember I did an exercise once and I asked people via email, uh, give me five qualities that you love about me and five <laughs> qualities that you don't love about me. Mm -hmm. and that was an interesting, that was interesting right. exercise mm -hmm. that I did. And I try to do it a little bit every now and again just to really make sure I'm staying on track with who I want to oh, be. <laughs> well, I got people come to my office and one thing, one exercise, I'm not a big exercise person, but one thing I do with them is I say, who are some people in your life? And I want you to go ask that person why they're friends with you. You know, and it's, there was like, well, I've never thought about it. And when they get the feedback, it's amazing. They go, I had no idea they thought I was funny, I was attractive, I was a good friend, all that sort of stuff. So when they start getting that feedback, it, it builds the self-esteem. Well, thank you so much. I think that the students could walk away with a lot of really good exercises, so yeah. we appreciate it. Thank you. So our thanks to Dr. Pulmeri for joining us for his insights. We'll return with the final thought in just a moment on Bouncing Back. We heard a lot today about confronting your issues and overcoming them with continual growth and self-improvement. Everyone has the opportunity to become the best version of themselves. What Bo endured and overcame was done with love and acceptance, first within himself and then with others. Last time on Bouncing Back, I introduced the selfie exercise in which I took a picture of myself every day and I really took the time to examine and familiarize myself with my own unique character and my physical attributes. It has helped me find the path to the confidence that carries me further in life than I ever expected. This time, I invite you to the challenge, the selfie exercise, one step further. Find the energy that makes you you, inside and out. Look for your beauty at your core and share it with others. Examine the people in your life do you surround yourself with individuals who love and support you at your truest self? Will they look at the selfies with you and celebrate your unique beauty and energy? The truth is we can accomplish so much by trusting, loving, and accepting ourselves. But an important part of bouncing back is having a strong support system of people who believe in the goodness that you carry inside. Remember that strength and even beauty comes from inside with love and the belief that you are enough, you and you alone, and it grows stronger when you share it with those who you celebrate and believe in you. So find your energy, build your beauty, your strength, and strengthen your relationships. And you will find that through any obstacle, we can all bounce back. I'm Lisa Vienne, thanks for joining us.